this is Kale Ward. This is Jessica Button. Quick quails quack. Quack. This is Glen Global. Glen Global. Glen Global. It's not easy coming up with these every week. No, I know. That was a hard letter, too. Yeah, and I only. Cues are rough. I only came up with it three seconds ago. All right. Well done. No amount of banging my head on the wall would get me enough keywords. Oh, is that what you were doing? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, before we were recording, he was literally banging his head against the wall, and it was weird. So, it's back to just the two of us this week. Yep. We enjoyed having guests. It meant that we didn't have to talk to each other too much. Uh Uh-huh. But let's do it again. And, no, you know, I gotta say, there was something to that. What? I'm just saying maybe maybe we should think about other people as well. <laughs> Yikes. This is a conversation we should not be having live on Earth. For the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, Elon, anything this week? Actually, um, it's New York Comic Con. Ooh. And while I am not a big convention guy, mm-hmm. I... Much to the chagrin of of my comics pals compatriots who go and interview everybody under the sun mm-hmm. um, in order, you know, to help get the the content out and all that. I hate it. I hate the crowds. I hate talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> um. I hate the the garbage that's associated with, especially the big ones. Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad I'm not there. Frankly. So, what did you learn? How glad I am not to be there. <laughs> Fair enough. All no, right. no, no. Um, so right now, I think we, I think I have talked about it a little. The X Men right now uh, are being written by a guy called Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. He's a very cerebral writer. He's very, he goes very deep on really weird esoteric um, tangents, and mm. but he's always very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. And. Um, He's on the X-Men right now, mm-hmm. and the story that he's weaving and creating is nothing short of amazing. Cool. So the thing I learned is that this line that he's created is continuing, mm-hmm. and it's sort of splintering out mm. um, to make like an an age of the X-Men, mm-hmm. and the X-Men is making a... a Almost like a giant nation state in uh, the Marvel universe, mm. and it's dope as hell. All right. I don't know. There's not a specific thing I learned. But. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, my thing is also about popular media. I learned how excited I am for Picard. It's gonna be so mm. good. Mm. The so this is the the new Star Trek series that's coming um, with Patrick Stewart reprising his old role as. Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Mm. Uh, But it's many years after he's left, and he's not a spaceship captain anymore. Uh, So I am so excited about it. The new trailer came out yesterday, and wow. He's a a grape farmer. I mean, he might be a good farmer. Otherwise known as a vintner. Oh, excuse me? A vintner. Oh. Do you think he's still French in this one? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, asked uh, So yeah, so I learned that I'm very excited about it. All right, we are on history today. Who goes first? Uh, I think 
I'm going to make you go first. Oh, you're going to make me go first. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's fine. I've been working all day and I don't want to go first. So Fair enough. All right. Well, you can probably take a nap because oh, my, okay. my subject is boring and I wish I hadn't chosen it and then I fell into a hole and I couldn't get out of it. So here we go. And actually even phrasing this is problematic, but... The United Kingdom has not always been united. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the elements that brought the United Kingdom together. Why did you do this? I know, I know. It is going to be a very brief summary. I am not going to go into opinions. I am not going to go into politics. I am going to try and keep it just the facts. Because it's exhausting. Yeah. And it also might not exist for much longer. So let's dive right in. Um, so the first part to become part of the UK to join onto England was Wales. And this happened in around... So it, it was ruled by England from about 1277 after the first English invasion by Edward I and was permanently conquered in 1282. Um, then Edward I's son... Edward II, who was born in Wales, was bestowed the title Prince of Wales, which continues to this day. I'm so sorry. Before you continue, what was the year on this? 1282. Wow. So, a long time ago. That's a lot later than I would have expected, actually. Mm, yeah. Well, wait till you hear about Scotland in a second. Um, so, the, so, he was given, his son was given the title Prince of Wales, which continues today, and is given to the monarch's direct heir. So, currently, Prince Charles is the Prince, is the of, Prince Wales. of Wales. Right. Yes, exactly. So, that has continued for nearly 800 years now. Hmm. Um, and then, it wasn't officially annexed in political terms until 1535. And at this point, Wales got representatives in English Parliament. Um, it The Welsh language was also a bit more suppressed at this point, and... English became the operating language for official documents and things. So, again, not saying any opinions. The English are, uh, the English. Uh, okay, so now we come to Scotland. And Scotland's union with England came much, much later and is sometimes described as coming about through personal union. This was because in 1503, the daughter of Henry VII, so Henry VIII's father, uh -huh. um, had married King James IV of Scots. So this is 1503. So wait, this is King James of Scotland. Mm -hmm. Yes. King James of Scots. Scots means of Scotland. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, flash forward 50-something years, and we have... Elizabeth I on the English throne, while Mary, Queen of Scots, is on the Scottish one. Um, they are cousins. They are first cousins. Um, Elizabeth I is a Protestant after many years of religious turmoil between flicking between monarchs who were extremely Catholic or extremely Protestant. Um, and Mary was a Catholic. Now, due to this ongoing religious feud... Many Catholics believe that only Mary could be the legitimate monarch because she was Catholic. And this included Mary's father-in-law, who was the French king, 
who refused to recognise Elizabeth I as the monarch of England, but said that Murray was instead. Hmm. So, it is a long, complicated story. Um, so, eventually Mary, Queen of Scots, was accused of adultery and was forced to abdicate in favour of, of her one-year-old son, James V. So by the time Elizabeth died in 1603, James became the king of both Scotland and England because he was the only heir for the two of them. Hmm. You with me? Yes. I know. Yes. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this wasn't the official union. This just meant that they had one monarch, two countries. One monarch claiming ownership over two yes, countries. Yes, right. exactly. Um, so the religion thing comes in again here because James had become king when he was one year old. So he was raised and obviously the country was looked after by other people kind of seizing power. Do you think he maybe just couldn't wait to be king? Ha ha ha. Lion King reference, I appreciate that. This makes this more fun. Um, and he had been raised as a Protestant, but a Protestant meant that it was Church of Scotland, which was a separate thing from Church of England. Hold on. Mary was his mother, correct? Yes. And she was Catholic. Yep. How did James become Protestant? Because he was raised by Protestants. Because she she went to prison for adultery when he was one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Protestants seized the power by raising him as Protestant. Right. So he, he did want to united a united church between england and scotland which was met with much hostility in the middle of all of this there were three english civil wars between 1638 and 1651 yeah. you know we often claim america as like a, a civil war yeah. happy country but yep. man three of them in the space of what's that 13 years yeah Three big ones, and actually one of those, again, getting into ridiculousness, but one of those led to the only execution of the monarch through an act of parliament, mm. uh, I think. But anyway, so all of this was going on, bringing up more religious issues, bringing up more whether... Scotland wanted to be a part of England or England wanted Scotland. Basically, there was lots of fights among this and all of this kind of led to several attempts were being made, but... Um, attempts to unify yeah, the church? The Scotland and England. Right, okay. Um, as, as a whole, as well as religion. Um, Scotland did get representatives for Parliament but that was again was dissolved in the 1660s mm -hmm. um so still one throne two different countries not really united right um so this continues and we've got another 50 years now when queen anne asc ascends to the throne so the both thrones 
1702. Uh, Queen Anne is the one um, from the favorite that Olivia Coleman plays. I know, I know, we haven't seen it, but that one. You don't know what I've seen. Well, no, but <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but unification was her main priority, um, and she was she's kind of known as being really strong-willed, and they also call her mad, I think, because she she had seventeen pregnancies and none of those babies survived. Right. Um, I'd be mad about that. Yeah, you would. Um, but anyway, she managed to bring both parliaments, because Scotland did have its own parliament as well. Um, she managed to bring them both to the negotiating table, and the official articles of union were signed in 1707. And that's where I'm going to leave it, because that's the basic of Scotland and Wales, and we have had many more issues <laughs> since then. So Wales was annexed in... 1200s. In the 1200s. 1277? So it was ruled in 1277, but it was officially annexed in 1535. So it took 200 years yep. to annex Wales, and then 200, 200. more years to annex Scotland? Mm-hmm. Why do people think your country's so great? Yeah, I don't know, right? It took you 200 years to do that. Yep. Good grief. We put together 50 states in 100. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, based on our model. So, there you go. That is the beginnings of the United Kingdom, which may not stay that way for much all right, longer. All right, all right, all right. I have to put a bar on the Brexit talk here on the on this podcast. Never. <laughs> I... I'm going to go again in a completely different direction. Please do. We're talking about history, so I wanted to talk about the history of the Cadillac Ranch. Oh. In Amarillo. It's pretty short. Mm. The the short version is four guys got together and said, let's put some Cadillacs Mm. in the ground. Are you going to do the history of Cadillacs as well? No. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, well. Okay, continue. (laughs) The long version is, so, uh, for a bit of context, in Amarillo, to the west of town, there is a group of ten Cadillacs. Cars. Cars. Yeah. Cadillac, the the car, um, sticking out of the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. They're buried, uh, basically their hoods, the nose is... The bonnet. Okay. (laughs) Is buried completely up to the the windshield. Okay. And they're just lined up in a row. Uh-huh. We uh huh. We have been there. We have. Mm. It's a lot of people, uh, tourists, go there to spray paint, mm. you know, and and graffiti and um, uh, deface the monument, and it's actually encouraged mm. by the city and the original owners and. So anyway, it's been there since 1974. Oh. Two architects, Chip Lord and Doug Michaels, uh, and an art student, a guy named Hudson Marquez, were part of an art collective called Ant Farm. This group has been colorfully called a group of art hippies Mm -hmm. by RoadsideAmerica.com. So I don't know if that does anything for... Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Marquez had this to say about the creation of the project. This is from the 
Amarillo Globe News. Chip and I were in the mountains of North San Francisco, and there was a book meant for kids left in a bar where we lived. It was called The Look of Cars, and there was something on the rise and fall of the tail fin. I didn't have a lot to do, so I just sort of drew it up. I've always loved the Cadillacs. So, for those of you who don't know, old Cadillacs used to... It's sort of your quintessential, like, 50s-looking mm, car. Yeah. It's it's yeah, long, and on the back it's got a, f- a sort of tail fin over, mm, the, mm-hmm. over the back rear brake lights and parking lights and everything. There's both. There's one on each side, right? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story goes that apparently they were giving, they were given a list of eccentric millionaires. Can I get that list? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Who has that list? <laughs> I think it would be a lot longer now. Yeah. And with people a lot stingier with their money. Yeah. Uh, and they found one from Amarillo, Stanley Marsh the Third. Uh, who seemed like he would be the one most likely to fund the project. In a letter that was published by the Amarillo Globe News in 2014, Stanley Marsh uh, responded to Lord Michaels and, and Marquez. He said, It's going to take me a while to get used to the idea of the Cadillac Ranch. I'll answer you by April Fool's Day. It's such an irrelevant and silly proposition that I want to give all my time and attention so I can make a casual judgment of it. Hmm. Now, the thing about Stanley Marsh, he's, as a, re- well, he died in 2014. Mm-hmm. So, he's not, he's not, a, well, he's not, he's not a great guy. Mm. Not because he's dead. Because mm. he's kind of a child molester. Mm. But, he's an eccentric millionaire who funded a lot of weird art projects. Mm. And his family... Um, has had a lot to do with helping found Amarillo with mm. um, people like Don Harrington, who uh, I, I think he was like an oil banker. That the Discovery Center is named after him. Mm. Anyway, his family helped found the town, and uh, there's a lot, a lot of money in the family, and mm. he uh, he lives or lived. I guess his family probably still does. Um, lived outside of uh, Amarillo in a place called Toad Hall. Hmm. Um, he funded uh, a, a big group of signs called the Dynamite Museum. It's an ongoing project consisting of hundreds of mock traffic signs. These signs bear messages such as, Road Does Not End. Lubbock is a grease spot, and I have traveled a great deal in Amarillo. They're just these weird little signs. On the road? No, they're mostly in people's yards. Huh. Hmm. I think you can buy them. Hmm. One of the persisting rumors around, like, elementary schools uh, when I was a kid was that if you saw them all, you got, like, a cash prize or something. Right. So every kid I knew, oh, they just needed to see one more. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that for when Liverpool was capital of culture. We had um, these like trading cards where you could collect all of the landmarks on trading cards. Mm. And the first to get them would win a prize. And I, 
I so I was in that prize ceremony. I won. I can't even remember what it was. Something crap. But I had the one that my two friends like. They had the full collection except one, and I just had like two or three of them. And one of them was it. And they were like, "Will you join us and you can share the prize?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right." So I didn't do anything, and I got that prize. It was great. Anyway, well, this wasn't a real contest. It was just the oh. the the you know the rumor for yeah. you know little kids who wanted to be cool. Mm. Supposedly, Marsh wanted all these signs in places beginning with the letter A. Mm-hmm. I don't know that 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 ever came to pass. Mm. He also did a um, a project called the Floating Mesa. I think I think I've shown you this. It, it's a a big. It's a mesa, which is a big. What's a... It's a big. Uh, it's not a mountain. It's not a hill. It's like a block of land, so if you have like a flat bit of land, it's basically like a a square on it. It's made of land, dirt, rock, all that. Like a tower. It's it's all it's almost like almost like a a hill with a flat top. Hmm. Can you can you Google it just so I can see a picture? I can't really. Okay, yeah. Uh, it looks a bit like a cliff edge, but it's it's not very big. It's a bit smaller. Yeah. yeah. It's not but, a continuous thing. It's like yeah. basically what you see in canyons and things. Yes and no. Yeah. So he created something called the floating mesa, which basically he took a mesa in or around uh, Amarillo mm. and he put like a thin sort of white wall around the top of it Mm. and when you're driving across it looks like the mesa is floating Hmm. that's pretty cool Mm. and then he also did the ozymandias statue in amarillo which we drove past several times Mm -hmm. i'm just just an old pair of legs from the the poem Mm -hmm. ozymandias Mm -hmm. uh but yeah not not necessarily a great guy but he uh he was sort of a legendary prankster and art guy mm. he was just all about doing weird stuff in the city mm-hmm. they put it in a field yeah um and and that's it that's the cadillac ranch yeah <laughs> it's a story of a couple of guys who talked to a millionaire and mm-hmm. got to put an art thing up yeah i wonder why they got the cars did you find anything about uh, that i didn't I think they might have been donated. Mm. They might have even been bought. Mm. Yeah, I didn't find anything about that. Mm. Some interesting facts, though. Uh, there, there are ten of them. Mm-hmm. They're all from different years. Oh, so okay. this is from the. They go from the 1949 Cadillac Club sedan mm-hmm. to the 1969 Sedan Deville. Hmm. Almost like the um, a, a visual repre- representation of the Johnny Cash song, the one we've talked about. The, yeah, the different part from different year, but you get a full cast. I suppose, yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose. That's cool. um, yeah, it's just um, the the best way to sort of describe it is it's a celebration of the tail fin, the Cadillac tail mm-hmm. fin, mm-hmm. the uh, the sort of uh, American Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
uh, it's uh, pretty popular in um, media. Mm. Um, it's it's sort of um, in Cars, the Pixar film Cars. They depicted it in as sort of a, almost. It seemed like a, as I recall, it was kind of a, a Mount Rushmore of almost kind of carved into the mountains. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's as I recall. There was another one that I thought was super interesting, uh, but apparently, one of them caught fire. Oh, um, in 2019, apparently right after we left. Oh, oh yeah, September. That was only last month. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, we left in uh, August. August, mid-August, thirteenth mm. or so. Mm-hmm. Wild. Mm. Just wild. Was it okay? Uh, it seems like it damaged it, but... Ooh, see, also Carhenge. There is an equivalent of Stonehenge. Alliance, Nebraska. Oh, same sort of thing. Just sticking cars in the ground. Cool. We should go to that at some point. Nebraska, yeah. Hmm. What's in Nebraska? Nothing. Mm. Carhenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed <laughs> seeing it. It was... Something weird and cool. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's and that's sort of the thing about like this, those things around mm-hmm. Amarillo is, you know, the Dynamite Museum and and the Ozzy the Dynamite Museum. Yeah, that's that the project that the um, oh oh okay the the yeah, signs right. are. I thought you meant an actual museum of dynamite, and I was like, <laughs> why didn't we go there? That would have been amazing. Am I right in thinking that's what it's called? Yeah, the Dynamite yeah. Museum um, is a project. On on the road up to Illinois, we saw a little like roadside stop touristy trap thing um, that was just an old like western village of road signs. Do you remember where that was? I wonder if some of the signs ended up there. No, they're still. Oh, they are. They're, they're also there. You know, it, it kind of kind of depends on a lot of them were bought by people, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. And so they would just put them in their yard. Mm. There was a person on my grandmother's block who had one. Mm. And they sort of owned a lot of the houses and, and they rented them out on, mm. on their block. Mm-hmm. This happened to be one that they didn't. And, uh, and she always said, ooh, they're lucky. I don't own their house because I hate those signs. I never really understood why. Mm. Maybe because he was a shitty person, but I don't oh, know that that's true. Watch your language. I'm not wrong. No. <laughs> um, All right. But cool. uh, yeah, so that is a little bit about the Cadillac Ranch. Mm. Are you running spin the wheel? I would like to run the wheel. Late now. <laughs> All right, here we go. Spinny, spinny. Hmm. Customs. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Oh, actually, I think I already have one because while I was trying to get myself out of the the monarchy hole and unionism and stuff and blah blah blah, I was looking for something else and I found something else, so I can already use one. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I tried to escape, but I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Nope. 
I was even looking at like list, like BuzzFeed lists of like twenty five weirdest things in British history. And meh. Yeah, I I find for the purposes of this that those articles don't. Yeah. They aren't very much help. Yeah, not at all. So I did history, history, and interestingly, we don't learn any of that. Like, what is most of that history is five hundred years old? How in the world could you? Well, yeah, but. All the stuff your country's been through over the past thousand years. I know, but I feel like you should at least know how your country was. If you are a united kingdom of several different countries, I feel like you should at least have some lessons on how that came to be. Wait, you're telling me you don't learn any of it? No. Like, I thought that it went from Elizabeth I to James, and they just became united just because he was on the throne. Oh, they water it down, you're saying. <sighs> they barely even say, and they only add James onto the Tudors, because we do do the Tudors. Yeah. So Henry VIII and his wives and kids. We do those. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. Um, but yeah, then they just add James on as an addendum. Well, And it, they don't tell you how it was actually formed. Well, I think it's that same conversation we sort of had about Texas and its its role in like the Civil War. Mm. Yeah. Like it's implied that yeah, Texas was in the South, so it's a slave state and mm. you know, but it's never actually said. Yeah. Or I've I've heard recently that there are textbooks uh, coming from Texas at least that say oh yeah, the sla- the the people who were brought over as quote unquote slaves are uh just, they, there are people who came over looking for jobs. Yep, had that. Anyway, let's uh, let's get away from that insanity. Do you want to tell the people where they can find us? Everywhere on all of the podcast things: Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes podcast thing that if, hasn't been iTunes in the last ten years. If you're listening to us, you found us. Great job. Hey. Tell your friends. Leave a review. You can find the show on Twitter at Gone Global Pod, and you can write to us about whatever weird history you've got with uh, with wherever it is you live. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, please send us some wheel entries as well. We would love some more of those. You can email the show at goneglobalpod at gmail.com. Duh. Where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, at Jan91, J-I-A-N-91. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TotoInto. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find the other podcast I do on kaleward.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Uh, you'll... Uh, see my work with the Comics Pals, where we do a bunch of comic stuff. I already talked about all that. Anyway, I guess we're done. Uh, don't forget, the lady loves milk tray. Bye. Yeah. time let's get her done get her done sounds really creepy do you know about get her done
No, I don't oh think boy, I want to. I can't either. wait to introduce you to the comedy comedy phenomenon that is Larry the Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. Get her done. Mm-hmm. 